churches, and it's fabulous to have him with us, uh, not just because it's great to have him here, because we want to hear what God has to say through him. So let's welcome Guy to the stage. What a day. What a day to come and speak. What a day for this church. What an incredible prophetic anointing on this meeting. Uh, let's pray that doesn't diminish as I speak. I'd love us to uh, increase in uh, expectation. I feel a little bit like this is a birthday uh, in, in not just the balloons, but actually in terms of giving birth to something which has been of promise for many, many years. Uh, I, I, feel like, I, I feel like God wants to say to you, a bit like Sam and Els are a, a, an illustration this morning, seeing them saying, you've not had the baby yet uh, any day now, any, any moment now. I think they're a prophetic stimulus to us today. I believe today is about life. Uh, I, I believe today isn't really, just to offend you all, about you. I believe it's about them. I believe it's about the city. I believe it's about many, many people becoming Christians. I think that's what today is all about. And I think your coming together is a beautiful thing in God. I, I love the unity. I love all the hard work. I love the honoring because I just want to say thank you to all those people. We wouldn't have time to mention them all this morning. But well done for getting us to this point. And I'm here to remind you this morning that actually it's not about, oh, isn't this nice all being together, two sites, whatever. No, this is about Bristol. This is about, yes, Cardiff. Well done, Simon and Kate, family. It's about Cardiff planting churches, but it's about Bristol having many, many people being born again in the coming years. Amen? We want to see that, don't we? Uh, so I want to I share, I was... I was I was very aware this is a very big moment, and I want to make sure I'm bringing a right word in season. And I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, uh, go to 1 Samuel 14, because uh, this is going to be a, a word for the church. And because I want to ask you this morning, do you want to be a, a pomegranate church, or do you want to be a perhaps church? Because I really feel there's a challenge here this morning. Are you going to be a pomegranate church or a perhaps church? I want you to turn 1 Samuel 14. 14, please. And I'm going to read uh, a brilliant narrative, a very exciting narrative, starting from verse 1 and jumping a little bit as we go. One day, Jonathan, the son of Saul, said to the young man who carried his armor, Come, let's go to the Philistine garrison on the other side. He did not tell his father, Saul, who was staying on the outskirts of Gibeah in a pomegranate cave or under a pomegranate tree at Migron. The people who were with him were about 600 men. That's important to remember that number, including, and then he gives a list. And uh, Jonathan uh, said to the young man in verse 6, who was carrying his armor, his armor bearer, come, let's go over to the garrison of those uncircumcised fellows. It may be that the Lord will work for us, for nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. And his armor bearer said to him, well, do all that's on your heart. Do as you wish. Behold, I'm with you, heart and soul. And Jonathan said, behold, we will cross over the men, show ourselves to them. If they say, wait here till we come to the place you are, we will not go up to them. If they say, come up to us, then we will go up. For the Lord has given them into our hand. 
this shall be a sign to us. So both of them showed themselves to the garrison of the Philistines, and the Philistines says, look, Hebrews are coming out of their holes where they've been hiding. And the men of the garrison hailed Jonathan, his armor bearer, and said, come on up here, and we'll show you a thing or two. And Jonathan said to his armor bearer, come up after me, for the Lord has given them into our hand. And then Jonathan climbed on his hands and feet, and his armor bearer was behind him, and they fell before Jonathan, and his armor bearer killed them after him. At that first strike, which Jonathan and his armor bearer made, they killed about 20 men within, as it were, half a furrow's length of an acre. And there was panic in the camp in the field, and among all the people, the garrison and even the raiders trembled. The earth quaked, and it became a very great panic. Okay, let me just start by saying this. Do you want to be a pomegranate church? What is a pomegranate church? Well, we start the story with Saul, who was the king. He had been given a mantle, a charge, and he was told that he was to take and carry the vision that God had given to his predecessors that all the land, every place that that he trod his foot was to be for God. And Saul, as he breaks into the story a few chapters back, he took a city. He was amazing. He had 330,000 men with him in the army. 330,000, that was quite a big army. They took Jabesh Gilead, they went in, they sorted them all out, that God was with them. And now we're reading a few months later, a few, literally a few months later, there are just 600 guys and they're under a pomegranate tree and they're whistling Dixie. They're doing nothing about the Philistines which are now dominating the land. And the tragedy of this story is that they not only did nothing about the status quo, they actually resisted anyone, even Jonathan, the son of the king, he knew, I'm not going to tell dad. If I tell dad, dad will say, don't try this. This will get you killed. Just keep your head down. Just blend in. And so it says at the end of chapter 13 that actually there's only two swords between the whole army. I mean, it's almost impossible to believe what a poor, pitiful, sad picture this is. Pomegranate churches in the New Testament are called Laodicean churches. Because Jesus comes to the church in Laodicea, and he challenges them in this way. He says, how are you doing? And the church goes, we're rich. (laughs) We're happy. We're in a nice venue. We've got a cake. We've got everything laid on. We are well pleased with ourselves, and everything's fine. In fact, God, Jesus, please don't come in and mess it all up. We (laughs) just... We've got it all together. We don't need you. We can do church fine without you. Thank you very much, Jesus. We know how to do this. You keep your distance. And Jesus says, do you know, your verdict of church is, you know, you are rich and well-fed. And I want to tell you my verdict. I want to tell you my MOT on this church, that you are poor. You are wretchedly thin. You're malnourished. You are lukewarm. And because of your lukewarmness to my passion and my, and, and, and my purposes, I'm going to spit you out of my mouth. I'm going to vomit you. That's strong language that Jesus speaks to his church. Now, I'm coming in here this morning. Heather and I just traveled up this morning. We thank God for this church. Amazing. It's just so good to see young and old and diverse and 
It's a wonderful church. You're alive. I mean, the, the anointing on the prophetic alone was just like, wow. Such is the Spirit of God. But as Alex reminded us, and he had good purposes reminding us, having written a brilliant book on Joshua and you know, a comic on Joshua, as he reminded us, actually, it's not about a comic book story this morning. It's not about, phew, I'm glad these leaders on the front row are going to do something. This is about you. This is about all of us giving our life to something which is going to last forever. And so we must begin a story like this. We must begin a day like this to think, actually, this is not going to be a walk in the park. Christianity is never a walk in the park. There's always a cost. We live an incredible privileged life, Heather and I do, but we have not had eight, more than eight consecutive days in the same bed this year. We are, we're on the move, on the road, all the time. Why, why are we doing that? Because we want to come to churches like this and say, God is with you. God is doing a great work amongst you, but actually you've only just seen the beginnings of what God is going to do. He is about a big work in the UK, and he's about a big work here in Bristol. So don't think today, well, I wonder what Andy's going to do. Don't suddenly put all the pressure on the elders as if they're going to suddenly magic conjure out of a hat some revival. This is about all of you this morning saying, I don't want to be part of a pomegranate church. I don't want to just sit and watch. I don't want to sit and moan, because I reckon these guys, these souls were moaning. Oh, look at the status quo. God, you heard what the Muslims are doing. You, know, you can sit and do this as Christian leaders. You can. You can moan and complain. And Actually, we're here as the salt of the earth. We're here as the light of this, on, on a hill that is meant to bring transformation. And that is every one of us. Every one of you this morning is included in this message because it's the church of Jesus Christ, which is the hope of the world. And leaders are to serve you, not to just do it all for you. Amen? Amen. So let's not be a pomegranate church. Let me talk about building a perhaps church. Because this narrative is bonkers. Do you ever read the Bible? This is bonkers. It is. It's absolutely crazy. Let me illustrate why. It begins with prayer. Okay, if you're going to be a perhaps church, you need to make sure, I want to challenge you as elders here, prayer is your beginning line. Don't think, when we start seeing lots of people say, we're going to start praying. No, you start praying in order for lots of people to be saved. You connect with the living God because the living God wants to save people much more than anybody in this room does, much more than I do. He wants to save people. And so we must get into the place where we're hearing God. And Jonathan clearly has. Jonathan says to his young armor bearer, come, let's go over to the garrison because the Lord will work for us. Nothing can hinder the Lord from saving by many or by few. Jonathan has got into a place of intimacy with God, which his dad hasn't. And he's understanding the heart of God, the rule of God, the reign of God. And he's saying to this young armor bearer, who's a skilled guy, by the way, he's going, I tell you what, today, let's take a risk. Let's do something for God because God is with us. God is for us and God has a plan. And we are going to find out what that is today. I don't know about you. I mean, we've, we, m many of you are at West Point. I was at West Point, wonderful time at West Point. And uh, I loved hearing Terry Virgo. And the thing that struck me most wasn't, I, mean, I know he's a man of prayer, and I know I've been challenged many years, over many years, to pray more. But the thing that challenged me was he said, I pray more about the prayer meeting 
than I do about the main Sunday meeting. And I thought, I don't. I pray about the Sunday meeting. And so I've changed the way I'm praying now. I'm praying for our prayer meetings. We had a prayer meeting this week at Westminster Chapel. And uh, just electric in the presence of God. Just electric because we are tuning in to heaven. We're tuning in. We're not saying, God, we've got a few ideas. Will you come on our plan? No, we're tuning in and saying, God, what's on your plan? What's on your heart? Because we want to flow where you're flowing. And it was amazing, prophetic and everything else. So Jonathan, he says to this armor bearer, hey, I'm in tune with God. And I know God's heart. And God's heart is to do something amazing. Can I challenge you as elders? Prayer, prayer, prayer. Not about brilliant preaching, not about great gospel outreach, not about the latest thing, the best thing, which all can bless us, the latest book or whoever it might be, even Lex, let's hope Lex can do something. No, prayer is going to be your strength and your encouragement. Become men and women of prayer. Make sure you know God, because anybody can stand up here and say, woohoo, let's do this. But it's people who hear God that others follow. So prayer is where you begin if you're going to build a perhaps church. The next thing you notice in this is that a perhaps church has also got a vision and a plan. I met many leaders who've got a vision and no plan. Oh, we're going to have an Antioch church. Oh, we're going to see a thousand people say, what's your plan? I don't know. Well, you're not going to do it. And here's the encouragement in case you're thinking, well, I hope the leaders come up with a good plan. Jonathan's plan is rubbish. The thing is, he has heard God. He has got a great picture of a vision of God and the nation being changed. But his plan, I mean, let's be honest. If you're his armor bearer, are you going to go, I'm with you heart and soul? I wouldn't. He's going, look, these cliffs, by the way, if you don't understand the geography, here they come. They come into a valley and there's cliffs about 300 foot tall either side. I mean, these are big cliffs. On top of these cliffs are people who are armed well. They're called Philistines. They love killing people. They're looking down on these little ants beneath them. And Jonathan says, here's my plan. I reckon if they say, come up, that's the sign that we're going to thrash them. If they say, come down, where we would, they'd be exhausted by the time they come here. They will all be disheveled. They might have to put their swords to one side. If they come down to us, then we'll run back. And the armor bearer doesn't go, what? Give me a break. You <laughs> see how high these cliffs are? I don't fancy climbing all the way up there on my hands and knees. I'm going to get absolutely butchered, which is what I would say. He goes, oh, great idea. Good plan. I'm with you heart and soul. You know, sometimes, and I, I want to say this to all the church, sometimes we're expecting our leaders to come up with something amazing. No one's ever thought of that before. But actually, what they often come up with, we might sit and go, that is really dumb. What a stupid plan. They're going to reach this city by everyone dressing up as clowns and juggling. Who who thought that was a good idea? We We can be very quick to respond to leaders and think, what a stupid plan. But here's the great thing. It takes courage to have a plan. We can stay under a pomegranate tree with vision, say, God wants to save people. God loves Bristol. God loves Cardiff. He loves the poor. Wow, he loves the nations. God, do it, do it, do it. No, he expects his church, his leaders to say, here's the vision, here's the plan. This is what we're going to do. We've got Lex coming next week. We throw ourselves into that, not because we go, I'm not sure Lex is, oh, he's looking a bit older, actually. 
it's funny when I when I when I come here and I I, I meet Al Shaw and I, and, I, and I, Al, Al and I did our training together and we I, we look at each other and we think we just look as same as we did all those years ago. <laughs> but you put a slide up of Lex and you think, wow, I can't, wow, he's he's got a bit of grey hair on him as if I haven't. Um, so the perhaps has a clear plan and a clear vision. Now T. E. Lawrence, Lawrence of Arabia, says this, and it's a really good quote. I want you to remember this. All men dream, but not equally. Okay? Everybody has dreams. You've all got dreams. You might have had a dream overnight. You might have had a dream where you've woken up and you've won the lottery. and you're, oh, I woke, oh, I've woken up. Oh, shame. All men dream, he says, but not equally. He says, those who dream by night in the dusty recesses of their minds wake in the day to find it was but vanity. We've all done that, haven't we? We've all had dreams of winning the FA Cup or playing for Chelsea or whatever it might be. And we wake up and it's vanity. But this is what he said, and it's such a truth. The dreamers of the day are dangerous men, dangerous women. People who dream in the day with their eyes wide open are dangerous because they may act out their dreams with open eyes to see it made possible. And he writes, this is what I did. This is what he did with his life. I want to challenge us to be dreamers of the day. Dreamers of what God will do with these two churches as they come together. They're dreamers of what God will accomplish by his spirit in your life and in everyone, everyone else's life. You can have a great vision, but you need a plan. And uh, if you're thinking, well, what's the plan? Tell me, what, Andy, what's the plan? Let me tell you, this is really easy for you. You know, the beautiful thing about being part of an apostolic mo- movement is it, it all acts like Russian dolls. Have you ever seen those Russian dolls? You get a big doll and a little doll and a little doll and a little, all goes down. If you think of yourself as the doll in the middle, then all the dolls are connected. And the big apostolic vision is to see thousands of lives transformed through hundreds of churches in tens of nations. Now, the local church then sits inside that and says, well, well, we're part of thousands of lives transformed. We're part of churches. We're part of going to nations. We've, in fact, we've gone to Cardiff. We've gone to Wales Woo-hoo! this year. So you just have to sit within a vision of the big vision and the little vision, and then the, the, the individual vision fits within that as well. God wants every one of us today to say, I'm about people, I'm about the gospel, I'm about the poor, I'm about the nations, that's who I am. I'm a child of the king. I can't walk past the big issue seller, I can't walk past the person in need, I can't walk past someone who says to me, excuse me, could you tell me who Jesus Christ is, without sharing this, because I am part of this whole thing. And so we all sit helpfully all within each other. And there are specific plans that the elders will have, as I said, specific plans. And what I want you to do is to be a perhaps church. Please be a perhaps church. We are a cynical nation. You are a cynic. If you are white British, you are probably more of a cynic than others because you've been brought up in a cynical nation. We have. Cynic, it comes naturally to me as a first port of call. If anyone comes to me and says, God's spoken to me prophetically and he's told me I'm going to be a missionary to Africa, I go, oh yeah. That's my first port of call, not woohoo. It's always, oh yeah, who do you think you are? It might, that's my first natural 
And perhaps church looks for God in every time we gather. It looks at these prophetic words. It looks at the way the scriptures were read. Isaiah 40, you know, wonderfully read this morning, just challenging us that you do grow tired and weary. There's people who's tired and weary in this church, but those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength and they will mount up on eagles' wings. This is a day for all of us to mount up on eagles' wings for God's greater purposes because we are a perhaps church. Perhaps the Lord will save today. Perhaps in this meeting, God will touch somebody who's in this meeting who's never become a Christian before because his spirit is on us. Well, we're looking for that. Perhaps today God will heal somebody who's had long-term sickness, who's in here, who's been struggling even to get here this morning. Perhaps, and I'll reach out my hand, whoever you are sitting next to, because we're a perhaps church. We're looking with the eye of faith for God to move. Because that's the sort of church God is building. And then let me finish by saying this. We're also, a perhaps church is also a relational church. Understands the vital importance of relationship to achieve our vision. Because the under, the, the person who doesn't get any credit here in this story is the armor bearer. And yet he's the hero of the whole thing. You might miss this. You might read it and go, good old Jonathan. I like to be behind Jonathan. Jonathan's my hero. Jonathan can do it. No, if he can't do it, no one can. But armor bearers, if you don't know this, if you're, not new, if you're new to sort of the church, armor bearers were skilled weapon people. They could op- operate and throw a javelin. They knew how to use a shield. They knew how it was to use a sword and would teach others how to use a sword. We're talking about a skilled warrior that's alongside Jonathan. And if he had said to Jonathan, over my dead body, this story would never have appeared in the Bible. It appears in the Bible because someone willingly goes, I tell you what, sounds a bit crazy, but I'm with you heart and soul. Let's have a go. Let's have a go for God. Let's have a go today. Let's see if we can make a difference. And the two of them, they scramble up. Imagine scrambling up, a, I mean, probably a Helvellyn or if you've ever done any sort of climbing. Or it's, it's a steep climb. Snowden would be a piece of cake compared to this, okay, because Snowden's got a nice path up it. You're clambering, you're climbing, you're going up, you're dusty, you're messed up. The guy, the armor bearer, is carrying the sword. You might miss this in the story. It's as Jonathan charges forward, it's the armor bearer coming behind who's killing him off. He's a real hero. And yet, in the way the narrative is told, Jonathan and his armor bearer. What I want to say now is that uh, the victory... All belongs to God. But we need to understand something very important for us us as a church today as we think of the future. God says to all of us, we cannot do this on our own. We live in a highly individualistic world. Please hear me today. I am not saying to anybody, just have a go. Ignore the elders, have a go. No, no, no. You want to work, you want to work in a team, in a team dynamic in every way because God loves team. In fact, God operates in team. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, the A-team. The team that works for our salvation is the way in which God expects the church to work. And so on a day like today, you see, we might be able to say something like this. We might say, now it's all about Andy. 
No, it isn't. We wouldn't be here if it hadn't been for Al. Al and Judy, two people saying, I'm going to Bristol. I mean, I remember it, remember it well. It's like yesterday. I'm sure it is to them. And they were willing to come, and they didn't just say, is it about us? No, they built a team. And there's been people in this room who've been part of that team. It's just incredible. I mean, Nick, I mean, the first time I met Nick saying, I tell you what, guy, meeting him, he's going, I tell you what, I feel we could do more with Bridge with City. It was like, oh, wow. He, I, I just don't want a bridge to do its thing. I want City to be involved. Well, two are better than one. It was, the, it was a coming together in God. I mean, there was the, the, the Simon and Kate going out. Another incredible moment in God. It's, it's not Simon's going out. Let's hope Simon can do it. It's Simon and Kate as a team and their family. They're pioneering for God. They're not going to sit in Cardiff for the next year doing nothing. They're going to add team. Everything is team. Everything. Ben, Jess, everything is team. Andy and Cheryl coming. It is team, team, team. And we must build in that way if we're going to accomplish that vision. So today is not mentioning one person. It is mentioning you all. The thing I've learned most about leadership uh, in the years I've been involved in leadership is that every leader stands on another man's shoulders. Sometimes as a leader, someone goes, that was really good. That was good leadership. That was the best ever. Or that was, and you can feel, <laughs> you want to believe it was the best ever. That was me at my best. Now, I'm standing on about 400 people. The reason I look so tall is because everybody else is doing such an incredible work. Commission is being blessed, not because the leaders of commission are doing something clever, but because the people in commission are saying, we are with you, heart and soul. Go for it. Do you know the offering at West Point continues to go up? We finished West Point. Someone walked into the office this week, apparently, with a check for £14,000. A young guy in his 20s with a check for 14000 which he wanted to add to the West Point office. Who in their 20s has a check for 14000 <laughs> I mean, I'm in my 50s and I haven't got a check for 14000 Who is God blessing that they're going, I tell you what, I'm giving this away. Because I believe in the mission. See, we, we stand on everybody else's shoulders. There aren't any superhuman heroes in the kingdom of God, but we serve one who is a great hero. We serve the king. We serve the Lord of lords. And it's him today who would speak to you in Isaiah 54. Enlarge the place of your tent. Stretch forth your tent curtains because you will have spreading out to the left and the right. You will have descendants that will dispossess nations. God is for this church in a remarkable way. This is just the beginning. So I want to say create some space because you will need it. So in summary, in terms of this message, if you want to be part of a pomegranate church, if you're a visitor, you're in the wrong church. And by the way, just talking about churches and partnership, can I just say this as well? This church is part of New Frontier is part of Commission. It's also part of other incredible churches in Bristol. Incredible churches. Please never, ever speak down about what God is doing in any other church. Even though, though you might think their worship's a bit this or their, their preaching's a bit this or what have you. Speak well because we're standing on their shoulders. The new churches stand on the shoulders of those who have paid a price over, over centuries of preaching the gospel and building churches. 
Let's make sure we're always thinking of honoring those who have gone before us, not dismissing them as if they're sort of irrelevant. Today, there can be a lot of rhetoric, there can be a lot of expectation, a lot of, wow, God's going to really bless us, and I believe he will. But it's not for us to think somehow we've suddenly become the best thing, and that those other people, or that group over there aren't so good. No, we honor them. We thank God. If they're seeing people saved, praise God. Remember, we stand on each other's shoulders. So how do I want us to finish this morning? Well, in the commission vision, thousands of lives transformed, hundreds of churches, tens of nations. How are we going to achieve that? The plan is S-U-R-E, send, unify, release, and equip. Today is all about send, unify, release, and equip. And here's how it works. You're going to put this word into practice by being a perhaps church because you are going to send. You are sending Simon and Kate. We're going to pray for them in a few minutes. We're sending Simon and Kate. We're sending them as an apostolic sending because we're believing there'll be more people in Cardiff and in Wales because of their obedience. Something God spoke to this church many years ago about being Antioch church. There comes a time when it's God says, set apart for me, Paul and Barnabas. Set apart for me, Simon and Kate, for the work to which I've committed. We're sending. And this is just not the beginning. This is the beginning. It isn't the end. It's not, whew, done that. Not going to do any more. Now, you're going to raise up loads of people. There might even be other people in this room who want to go to Cardiff. There are, there are ascending church. We're going to send it northeast, south, and west across the city. We're going to plant more sites, do more sites, aren't we? Well, if we're going to do that, some of you in this room are going to be, Andy's going to say to you, or Ben's going to say to you, whoever it is, Nick's going to say to you, I'd like you to go there. You move in house? Great. Go and start a site over there. Oh, I didn't say, yeah, being sent. We're a sent people. We're a unified people. We believe in unity. I believe Andy's coming, Andy and Cheryl's coming, I believe is to build something of togetherness, bringing the two together in a unified way. I believe God's heart, you express something of God's heart, you've got a father's heart. People touch you, feel loved, they feel accepted, they feel, uh, it doesn't matter if I'm black or white or young and old or dirty or clever or, or all together, you love people. You and Cheryl love people. And it's a unifying thing. You're not gonna, you haven't got to try and write the sort of next brilliant book or the next Magna Carta of Bristol. You've just got to be who you are because you will build unity. Unity. We're releasing church. We're empowering everyone to go on this mission. So today is not about a few people. It's about all of us. And can I say, if you're thinking this morning, We've got the leadership sorted on the front row. Actually, there's a load more leaders in the room. Men and women who need to be released into leadership, who have been maybe under a pomegranate, and now today go and tell you what, I'm, I'm coming forward. I'll step forward for eldership. I'll step forward to lead worship. I'll step forward to lead the kids' work. I'll, I'll step forward because God's on this church, and I want to help build this church. It's about releasing, and it's about equipping. I believe as we finish today and as we pray for these precious people today, this is about, today is about enabling every single one of us to be empowered for this mission. Let me just say over this whole church, I believe the chapter that's coming to an end has been an outstanding chapter. I believe the chapter ahead of us is going to be amazing. I believe the diversity, can I hear, hear me on this? I believe the diversity you're going to see is going to be amazing in terms of the number of people God is going to bring into this church. And I think that's 
I think that's from all over the world. I believe that will shape the church in, uh, in, in public ways as well as other ways. I think other nations are going to come and help you fulfill this vision. I believe it's about the poor. I know you carry a great heart for the poor. I believe there's going to be loads and loads of poor people. I mean, more than you can even ke- count, more than you can cope with perhaps. But they're going to come because they're going to know good food is being laid out for them in terms of the gospel, in terms of love, in terms of acceptance and help. So this is about all of us, not a few people. Every one of us equipped to be like Jesus. And I, I, I want to pray now for you as leaders and you as a church. And I want to do it like this. I want to first of all, just, I want to just pray for Simon and Kate where they are. Maybe they could stand with their family. And I want you to stretch out your hand towards them, church. We're celebrating 20 years. Simon and Kate have had a big part of those 20 years. And I want to pray, Holy Spirit, your encouragement to come right now into the hearts of every walker. I want to pray, Lord, that this church would burst into flames from the earliest days. I want to pray for a bonfire that is seen right across Cardiff. And I want to pray for fuel, whether that's people being added, whether it's first fruit sticks being added. I want to pray the fire of God on this church. I pray it be known as a place to encounter God, where sin is burnt up, where indifference is burnt up. And such is the passion and the love for Christ that they play a full part in that city. I want to pray they'd be moving in an apostolic way too. I want to pray they'd move with an anointing that would not lock up Cardiff or even Wales, but would think, actually, we've gone here for a divine purpose. And I pray, Lord, it wouldn't just be the south of Wales. I pray, Lord, there'd be arrows fired into the north of Wales, fired fired into those middle areas, Lord. I pray, Holy Spirit of the Lord, would you anoint them? Would you bless their family with all the challenge of schools and all that? I pray, Lord, hear our prayer for them. We want them to be blessed. We want them to enlarge the place of their tent. We want them to be strengthened. Young legs and arms be strengthened in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Now, I'd like, um, I'd like Andy and Cheryl just to stand up for a minute. I'm going to pray for all the elders and wives in, in just a sec, so uh, bear with me. I'm just going to pray for them specifically, and you're going to pray for them as well. I just want to prophesy as well. Two, two words I heard for, from God. One is uh, a woodcutter. I believe God says you're a woodcutter. I believe God says there's trees, there's forests all over Bristol, and they need to be felled. They need to be shaped and, and made into useful things for God. And I believe God says you're a woodcutter. You're not only someone who can see the big picture and say, actually, why are those trees? Those trees, are bl- let's, let's cut them down. But actually, as trees are felled and brought in, there's a process here of disciple-making, of caring for people, of shaping people's lives to be what a carpenter would want them to be. I believe you carry the carpenter's DNA, the carpenter's heart. And woodcutters were important in the Old Testament. They, they, they fulfilled a huge building the palaces and doing all the beautiful things. But God wanted to say, encourage you today, say, you're a woodcutter, Andy. Don't think you've got to be something you're not. You are a woodcutter. You love people, you care for people, but you know God's plan and pattern for them. And Cheryl, I felt you'd be a water carrier, and I think you'll model it for the elders' wives as well. I believe there's something of a, a refreshing, something of a, of a deep 
thirst that are in people's lost people as well as Christians who have gone through difficult times. And I believe there's something that God has put within you that will minister deeply to people. There's the Holy Spirit that's flowing within you. And I think you elders' wives, can I just say you elders' wives, I believe there's more of the Spirit to bring in the life of the church. There's more of the sense of God quenching thirst. If anyone's thirsty, let him come to me and drink. And I've, I believe that you ladies need to carry that. A burden in prayer, but a burden that the Spirit of God needs to be poured out. Every time you gather. Every time you gather. So you carry this beautiful living water. And uh, you've been called together in this partnership. You're not on your own. Praise God, you've got a good wife. And you've got a great eldership around you. So I'm just going to lay hands because this this man's going to be the lead elder. And I just want to recognize that apostolically. I pray, Holy Spirit, for an anointing. Let's stretch our hands towards them. Lord, I pray for Andy as he leads. I pray, God, grace him. Grace him to lead well. Grace him to lead as an under-shepherd of Jesus. May he not uh, feel too burdened, Lord, to try and perform and come up with a brilliant plan. I pray today a woodcutter, a carpenter after Jesus' own heart that shapes this church to be all that Christ wants to do. I pray you bless their marriage. I pray you bless them in their shared ministry of wood cutting and water carrying. I pray, Lord, they'd be such a blessing to the whole church in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Let's just thank God for them. And now I'd like to have the elders and wives, please, could they come and stand up at the front here as well? Come on, Woody. Come on down. Great to see you guys. Could I say on behalf of these people, well done. I think you've all battled well, you've stayed together, you have fought for the, the kingdom and the glory of God. I want to honor you, and I think the church should honor you today by thanking you for all of their work. Can I just thank them, because I'm going to pray for them. Thank you so much. Uh, there is an evangelistic anointing on you, uh, Ben, that's going to grow and grow and grow, that you ha- are in danger of being pigeonholed as strategic and putting everything in, but actually there's a, a, an edge. Like Jonathan had a sword, God says, I've given you a sword and I want you to use it. I, I believe there's going to be, I, I think in your heart, you're going to bring great diversity to this church. Can I just say that? I think people from uh, black cultures, people from Asian cultures, they're going to come here and you're going to be the first one to meet them. You and Jess are going to be the first one. You're going to run to them. You're going to greet them. You're going to say, hey, be with us. Come and help us build something which is representing the kingdom of God. And you'll see people saved. Even this week, you'll see people saved. And there's an anointing on you for that. And... uh, I want to pray for all the others. Church, would you just stretch out your hand? Let me just pray for all these precious men and women. Lord, I love these men and women so much. Lord, some of them I know very well, some not so well, but 
God, every time I've been in their presence, I've been humbled by their humility, by their zeal for God, their lack of wanting to sit comfortably under a pomegranate tree. Lord, they wanted to advance a kingdom. And we honor you today for your gifts to your church. And I pray, Lord, let these men and women know the love of God today, the encouragement of the Holy Spirit. Let their vision be filled, Lord. Let it not be looking at this small group of people in this room today, but may they see hundreds and hundreds who are unsaved. May they see, Lord, a church of a thousand in many sites established very quickly. It's going to happen much quicker than you are actually planning. Your plans may have to go out the window because God is on you. And Lord, I pray you'd bless their unity, bless the, 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 their togetherness. May they honor and outdo one another in honoring each other. And Lord, may their unity produce such fruit, such fruit, commanded blessing from heaven. And Lord, I pray for these, th- this one church, these two churches that are coming together on this special day. Lord, I want to pray for them. God of all encouragement, put wind in their sails, put feathers in their wings. Let them who are tired today, those who are stumbling and weary, let them, let them feel the encouragement of the Holy Spirit to mount up today. God is for us. God is going to do something amazing in these coming days. And Lord, may all of us mount up on eagles' wings. May we speak encouragement to each other as this meeting comes to a close. And may we find prayer is increasing our portion, Lord. We men and women who pray in the kingdom of God and see remarkable things in the years ahead. So Lord, bless each one of them, I pray. And thank you so much for them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.